Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Thank you for joining me for this time of prayer. We're going to delve into the Word of God, bring ourselves into His presence, ask for His grace. Feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments, and let's do this together. Today I want to share with you uh, uh, two readings, and the, and the psalm. we'll pray the psalm in between, and uh, show you how these readings connect with one another for a a pretty basic message for our living of the faith. Let's pray first in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you, Lord God, for this new day. We thank you for the opportunity to serve one another in your name and to serve you, and especially to serve the weakest among us, the little children still in the first nine months of existence. And ironically, they who need the most protection are in the most danger. Why, Lord, do we deprive them of the protection they obviously need? Rid our world of the scourge of abortion and rid the hearts of your people of the slightest idea that it is ever justified. Rid us of all our sins. Protect us from all temptation. Keep us growing in holiness. Make us ready for your coming. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. These readings are about holiness. They are about being prepared for the coming of the Lord. Let's go into the Word of God. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we earnestly ask and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you should conduct yourselves to please God, and as you are conducting yourselves, you do so even more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. This is the will of God, your holiness, that you refrain from immorality, that each of you know how to acquire a wife for himself in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion, as do the Gentiles who do not know God, not to take advantage of or to exploit a brother or sister in this matter, for the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you before and solemnly affirmed. For God did not call us to impurity, but to holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not a human being, but God, who also gives His Holy Spirit to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalm is... Rejoice in the Lord, you just. Rejoice in the Lord, you just. The Lord is King, let the earth rejoice. Let the many isles be glad. Justice and judgment are the foundation of His throne. Rejoice in the Lord, you just. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim His justice. All peoples see His glory. Rejoice in the Lord, you just. The Lord loves those who hate evil. He guards the lives of His faithful ones. From the hand of the wicked, He delivers them. Rejoice in the Lord, you just. Light dawns for the just and joy for the upright of heart. Be glad in the Lord, you just, and give thanks 
to His holy name. Rejoice in the Lord, you just. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus told His disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. But the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Wow. God is, is sovereign. Some people might say, oh, but that's not nice. Why didn't he open, let the door open the door or let them in? God is sovereign. First of all, what he does is just, always. He gives us plenty of time to prepare. He gives us plenty of tools to prepare. He gives us plenty of warnings to be ready. At a certain point, the door closes. At a certain point, life ends. At a certain point, the judgment comes. And then, those who have heeded His commands, and again, they are not unreasonable. He gives us every grace we need to be ready to come into this wedding feast. He will do it. He will bring us there. You remember the... Um, the Lord saying in, 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 in another uh, passage how someone came into the wedding feast that the master had called everyone to come to, but he wasn't properly in the wedding garment, and so he was thrown out. Again, the Lord's invitation to belong to the church, to, to be sons and adopted sons and daughters in Christ, to live the way of holiness, and that is his call, as the first reading said, is an invitation to, to change. It's not some kind of carte blanche as, hey, everybody, I'm going to give you joy and happiness, and meanwhile, you can do what you want. That is nowhere near, it's not even in the same universe as the gospel of Jesus Christ that has been handed on to the church. This is a gospel that talks seriously about, well, look at the first reading. This is the call of God for you, your holiness. Now, in the book of Leviticus, we read the, the, the verse, Be holy, for I am holy. And then we hear Jesus say to us, Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, this is not perfectionism. This is not a denial that, hey, we're going we're gonna to sin every day. We're never going to be perfect in that sense in this world. God knows that. What he's saying is, as my Father is, 
as I am, Jesus, the perfect reflection of the Father, so we want you to be. And that's why we're sending you our Holy Spirit. And that's why the acceptance of Christ is not just, hey, thanks, Lord, for putting your stamp of approval on anything I want to do, anything I want to believe, anything I want to say, anyone I want to be. No, it's God calling us up into his life and making us like himself. So in Leviticus, again, going back to the Old Testament, we have that command, be holy, says the Lord, for I am holy. And then he gives people the, the code of the covenant, how they are to live. And every commandment, and this is true in the new covenant as well as in the old, is an obligation, not just because God says so, but because of who he is. I make this point frequently. We're called to be truthful because God is truth. We're called to respect life because God is life. We're called to be just in our dealings with one another because God is justice. And not even he can change that. God cannot change who God is. So if he's calling us to be holy, first of all, this is a universal call. The call to holiness is a, is a topic that in the last half century that Catholic Church has been emphasizing very much. The Second Vatican Council emphasized this. In other words, it's not just the priests and the, and the religious brothers and sisters who are called to be holy. Holiness is a call of all of us. It's part of discipleship. And holiness is simply being like God, being in union with God, doing the will of God. Like Paul says here, that you refrain from immorality. You've got to change. Oh, everybody's welcome in the church. People love to say this nowadays, and it's true. Everybody's welcome in the church. Yeah, but the church transforms you into someone better than you are right now. God loves us as we are. He loves us too much to leave us as we are. He changes us. Okay, the gospel tells us, look, the Lord's coming back, and that's when the door closes. Time runs out, and you're either ready or you're not. And this parable shows the foolishness of not thinking ahead. Now, this applies on a natural level, too. Gas in the tank, groceries in the, in the, in the, in the kitchen. We know on a natural level, we've got to plan ahead. We've got to do the things necessary to provide for ourselves and our families. Get your regular checkup at the doctor. You remember two years ago, I had heart surgery. I didn't know I had a heart problem. I wasn't feeling it. I wouldn't have known the difference. And it was because I went for a regular checkup. Not because I didn't have any complaints. I said to the doctor, I don't have any complaints. I feel great. And he listens to my heart. And he says, oh, there's a problem going on here. And we got it fixed. Boy, if I hadn't gone for that, that maintenance checkup, who knows what would have happened. The doctor told me it would have gotten worse. Maintaining our cars, maintaining our houses. Don't wait till the water starts leaking through the roof. Get it looked at every once in a while. Your computers, you know, after, don't wait till the computer breaks down. When it gets too old, replace it. Save up the, save up the, uh, the funds if you can. And, and, and if you run a business, of course, this is essential. You keep, the, you keep your things maintained. Oh, so this is all on a natural level. On a supernatural level, it's even more important. Be ready for when the master is coming. What's the oil in the lamps? That's why I read the first reading also today. Your holiness. 
I remember as a seminary, young seminarian, college seminarian, we, uh, our class went to visit a, a monastery, so I forget even where it was, I think it was somewhere in New Jersey, and there was this elderly, elderly religious uh, sister there, very revered, and she, all these, these young college seminarians come in to see her, and she says, do quick. I always remember her, her I can hear her voice, do quick. You want to be holy. You want to be saints. God calls you to holy. Do quick. Hurry up. You don't know if you have tomorrow. The bridegroom might say, here I am. Come in now. Then the door's going to be closed. You want to serve the Lord? You want to, like Paul says here, refrain from immorality? You want to turn the corner on some aspect of your life where you know you're not serving God? You want to heal some relationship. You want to overcome some sin. You want to grow in a certain virtue. You want to serve the Lord in a certain way. Hurry up! Paul says, Now is the day of salvation. Now is the appropriate time. It's always now. Because we don't know when the Lord is coming back. You know, this ties in with what we were saying yesterday about stay awake. In fact, he repeats that command in this gospel. Stay awake. Be vigilant. Always have your hand to the task that God has assigned you in this life, your vocation in life. Never waste a moment in growing in that vocation. It reminds me of a beautiful story. I think it might have been St. Francis. Some of you may know the story. But the friar was planting his uh, garden planting, uh, and someone, someone comes up to him and says, Brother, if um, you knew that you were going to die today or that the Lord was going to come back today, what would you, what would you do for the rest of the, the time? And you know what he said? I would continue planting my garden. Now that's the perfect response. Because if he didn't think that he was fulfilling God's calling for him, for his vocation, what God wanted him to do that day in serving him, if he didn't think that planting that garden at that moment was the will of God for him, why would he be doing it? And if he did think that that was the will of God, well, why would he stop doing it, especially if God was going to call him to account that day for what? For, like we heard in the reading yesterday, managing the household that God has entrusted to you and giving your fellow servants their food at the proper time, in this passage here, making sure those lamps are lit, making sure you have the oil there, the virtue, the self-giving, the generosity, the holiness. If you're not doing that at each moment, you're not ready. But if you are doing that at each moment, you're ready. The friar said, I don't have to do anything different. I'm doing the will of God at every single moment. Every single moment. I'm doing those things that I would know that I had to do if I knew the Lord was coming in the next hour. That's the spirit. That's the path we always need to be on. And it's not that you have absolute certainty every moment of what God expects you. Sometimes it's not clear. You don't have to be absolutely certain that the, all the different options that you have at any given moment, which one is the will of the Lord, what you do is you're certain of the fact that you want to do the will of the Lord at each moment and that you make the best choice that you can at that point. Stay on that track of saying, Lord, fill my lamp with oil 
Let me keep the, the, the light burning brightly. I am always ready for your return because I am always striving to walk with you and toward you, never to rebel against you or to walk in the other direction. Praise God. Father, we turn to you in prayer because we are your people, ready for your return and fulfilling each day in a vigilant, awake mode the call that you have given us. Lord, if we're planting the garden and we know that's what you want us to do, we'll keep doing that until you come. We'll do each task, each time of the day that you are requiring of us. And we will defend life because you call your servants to do exactly that as well. We will lift up each other in prayer and intercession as we also do now, Lord God, because we know there are many needs among our, our, our fellow servants. Bring healing, bring reconciliation and forgiveness, bring guidance and discernment, bring consolation in the midst of sorrow. Lord, for family members who may be away from the faith, bring them back. Bless our leaders. Bless our leaders in the church. Bless our leaders in government. Those who need repentance, Lord, help them repent. Those who should not be in public office, Lord God, let your people vote them out. Those who are serving America and seeking to make America great, bless them. Bless President Trump and his team. Lord, he serves you and enables us to serve you in so many ways, the work he did for religious freedom when he was president. We thank you for all that was accomplished. And we ask you for wisdom for what must be accomplished still. Bless us as we go forward in defending life. Stop the dreadful pro-abortion initiatives being presented in Ohio and various other states. Stop these evil influences. Make us yours, Lord God. Make us yours. We pray now as Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us, friends. Go to ProLifeGift.org and consider giving us a donation. We rely only on people like you. ProLifeGift.org, or you can call our office to learn about other ways to help us. 321-500-1000. 321-500-1000. Thank you, and we will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.